What is the meaning of life? How can I be fulfilled? What does success look like for me? How do I inherit eternal life? And in the gospel, we saw this man come up and kneel in front of Jesus. The kneeling signified his believing he was a teacher, prophet, someone important. He knelt and he came to ask a question, but it was a question to which he thought he already knew the answer. You remember the wicked stepmother in Snow White? Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? She thought she knew the answer, didn't she? Well, this young man thought he knew the answer, although his was man, man in the street. Who's the best guy you'll ever meet? <laughs> the man believes he is and has come to Jesus for affirmation, not for information. He's come for approval. He wants Jesus to give him a benediction, a good word. He wants the Jesus of Nazareth, prophet and teacher, seal of approval, on his life. Much to his surprise, his shock, the scripture says, he doesn't get it. Not in the way he had expected. It comes evident as you read the story that he had rested his claim for inheriting eternal life on the twin pillars of righteousness and riches. Obey the commandments and you will enjoy worldly success and an eternity with God. Worldly success is an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible blessing. So the young man believed. And honestly, so did everyone else in that time and place. Notice what the disciples said after some discussion. They were perplexed. Well, if rich people don't go to heaven, who can get saved? The people, the people in Jesus' world, including his disciples, believed that morality and material blessing went hand in hand. If you were good, God would bless you with riches and comforts in this world. Righteousness and riches. Morality and material blessing. So, when Jesus said to the young man, you lack one thing, go, sell, give, come, follow. It wasn't just giving up his money and his stuff that bumfuzzled the man. His whole worldview, his entire way of looking at how the world works, had been turned upside down and inside out. This doesn't make sense. All the way in which he had seen the way one lives one's life as a good person, he was being turned around. After the revival meeting that night, you know, there was all Christians eat. Doesn't matter what denomination is, we have that in common. So there was plenty of food. In the fellowship hall, and I was standing in the parking lot talking to my pastor friend and his daughter when grandma came out of the fellowship hall 
with her grandsons. She had that church hat squarely on her head. She had a suitcase-sized pocketbook on her arm. And she had him by the nape of the neck. <laughs> he was out in front of her, and she was swatting away. And he had that pelvis forward Michael Jackson moonwalk. <laughs> So Jesus did look on him with love. This is genuine love. No, did you notice that? He didn't lecture him. He looked on him with love and said, as gently as he could, the hardest thing that any man had ever heard. He lacked one thing. Job said, Give to the poor. Come, follow. Now, because Jesus tells this person, to get rid of his wealth and give it to the poor, we often become confused about what Jesus sees as missing in the man's life. It's an easy equation. Oh, well, he told this guy to give everything he had to the poor, so we should give everything we have and, get, and give it to the poor, right? How many of us have done that? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't lack generosity. He doesn't lack compassion for others. He doesn't lack morality. He doesn't lack an awareness of the call of God on the Jews to be hospitable to the strangers. That's what it means when he says, all the commandments I have kept. He's not just talking about the Ten Commandments. He's talking about the mores and social mores of the Jewish way of life. And he said, I've done all of that. What Jesus says, yeah, but you lack faith. Faith in the sense of total dependency on God, trusting God for the moment. You lack a willingness to put everything in God's hands, both now and in the future. You lack a confident and joyous reliance upon the love and generosity of God. He's depending upon His goodness and His goods to get Him through this life and into the next. Jesus said, why is it hard for a rich person to get into heaven? 
harder than for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. It's not necessary to analyze that exaggeration. Some people say, well, the word for camel was like the word for rope, so it was a rope and a big beetle. <laughs> or there's a gate which has this, there's this fence, there's this gate and you can get down. And, well, why is it harder for a rich person than a fat poor guy like me? Why would that, it doesn't make sense. So, no, it's an exaggeration. It's just to get their attention. It's not difficult to do. And why is it more difficult? Because when you're rich, when you have wealth, when you have much possessions, it's really hard to realize how much you need God and other people. Being rich is not evil. But it is exceptionally dangerous to your spiritual health. Put your trust riches and position and morality. And the question for each of us today is this, what are we depending on in our relationship? What is our wealth? Are we depending on our rightness and our ability to discern and know the right answer to spiritual and religious questions? Are we depending on our righteousness, on our goodness, on our good moral ethics? What is keeping us trusting ourselves, not fully trusting God? <coughs> By my description of the revival meeting, I think you guessed I grew up with those folks. Lake Mountain Missionary Baptist Church, just outside of here in North Carolina. I remember one time when I was singing in front of the, yeah, don't, don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got all the kids together and put a choir together because the Baptist version of the bishop, the Associational Missionary of the Surrey Baptist Association, Brother Charlie Simmons was the guest preacher and was going to be there that day, so they got us all together and called us all these kids to sing Jesus Loves Me and they put us on the front pew. Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> we got up to sing it and there we were sitting in front of Brother Charlie while he was preaching the sermon. And though it wasn't a revival, you know how it is. Every sermon was an evangelistic sermon. And I will never forget at one point in that sermon, he said, he came out from behind the pulpit and he had a quarter. A quarter was a lot of money. 1960 when I was six years old. And he said, any young that wants it, come get it. And he filled it up. That was as close as I am to you. There was that quarter, and I was six. And he said, all you got to do is get up here. No, no, that's a good move. Frozen. It could be he was about six, six, and 300 pounds. That may be probably like that. <laughs> Could be we were afraid of our parents. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know the use he made us. He said, you know, if I had told these kids, the first one that runs around, goes out the front door, runs around the church, comes back down and comes here, well, I'll give them this, they would have done it. They would have raised themselves to death because of something they did. And they would have earned it. He said, it's that way with us. We think we can earn God's love, God's forgiveness. We, it's 
already ours. Question is, you have it. Do you trust it? Do you give up off that view and take it in your hands? What is the one thing we lack? That one thing that keeps us from totally and completely committing ourselves to God's will and God's way? What keeps us from doing wild and wonderful right things in the name of the living Christ? The good news is Jesus has come to transform the impossible into possible. Jesus came to release us from the bondage of serving ourselves and our things so that we can serve God and our neighbor. God came to take us by the scruff of the neck and drag us kicking and screaming through the eye of the needle into the center of God's life and death. Amen. Amen. Amen.